Hello, this is Rudy Giuliani, and welcome to the Rudy Giuliani Show. And thank you, America, for tuning in. We really appreciate it. And as you know, we're following uh, Greg Kelly, and Greg and I were just having a conversation. I bet you can guess what it was about. Yep, the Gilgo, well, Gilgo 4, Gilgo 10 murders, however you want to describe it. But the recent arrest of Rex Howerman, who after 13 years of investigating, or about 13 years of investigating, uh, finally a single person has been arrested as the serial killer responsible for, now this gets a little complicated, responsible for four, three of the killings and possibly, and, and the chief suspect in the fourth. I suspect that fourth is going to be charged very quickly. It's a matter of tying up some evidence that they couldn't get tied up in advance. And look, when you have a guy like this out there, a guy that's evaded all of this for years and years and years, there's a very, very difficult decision as to when to arrest him. If you, if you, uh, if you keep him under investigation, you don't arrest him, Maybe you pick up more evidence like the way they picked up the pizza and the hair. Uh, maybe you pick up a little more evidence that ties it to a couple of the other murders. So you say, well, why not keep it open a little longer? It was a productive investigation. On the other hand, at any time, the guy could become aware of it, right? You never know. I'm not saying anybody be dishonest or whatever. Everybody's human. And... Uh, like yesterday, we went and looked at everything. And in Manhattan, we went to the, 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 the place where Howerman worked for 20 years, Ted? Long time, yeah. yeah it was, and at first, it was hard to see the building. It was raining like hell. But we took pictures of it. We have some of them online, and we'll, we'll show them tonight at 8. And uh, the building's a nice building. And there are a lot of stores downstairs. So you would figure that this guy would be known to the people in the stores downstairs. 20 years being there. 30. Uh, uh, 30 years, sorry. 30 years being there. And, well, it was a Sunday, but the people there didn't really know him. So we're going to go back uh, probably tomorrow morning and see how many of the people that are there on a weekday know him and what they thought of him and did they pick up any suspicions. And, uh, and then when you go out to his house, and take a look at it. Here's the thing that jumps out at you. Massapequa Park, I know real well. I grew up out there for about seven years of my teenage years. And, um, and I had a girlfriend at Massapequa. And Massapequa Park is a smaller kind of uh, a satellite community to uh, Massapequa. And it is a quite nice, very pretty community. It's a middle class, clearly middle class community. It's not poor. It's not rich. Uh, I think everybody is doing okay to own their own home. They look like fairly nice cars. But here's the thing that jumps out about it. It's extraordinarily well-kept. Even for the communities in Nassau County, which I know, I think I know all of them, it's one of the nicer-kept communities. You don't see garbage. You don't see, you don't see too many lawns that aren't beautifully manicured. Uh, they're not big lawns. I mean, they're, these are, these are two bedroom, three bedroom. And then occasionally you'll see an extra big house where somebody maybe acquired two, two lots and put a bigger house in a very pleasant, very pretty neighborhood. I mean, it just jumps out at you how calm, serene, and pretty it is. And then this one house stands out. 
this one house stands out almost like a haunted house. And the few people we got to talk to in the neighborhood, so they, they, a lot of them thought it was a haunted house, and walked past it very fast. And that was Howerman's house. You may have seen pictures of it. They're in the Post. They're in the other newspapers. Uh, the other houses are, all seem to be painted white. This one is paint, painted some kind of decrepit, fallen-apart brown. It looks like the front door doesn't work. Now, there was garbage there, you know, the last couple of days, but that could come from the police going in and out. But the people who live there have told us and others that it was an eyesore. And they hardly ever saw anybody in there. There's a question as to whether his children and wife live there now. And uh, you wonder why that didn't. I was saying to Greg, you know, a good cop who covers that neighborhood, drives through it, walks it. Well, they don't walk beats there, but they drive through in squad cars. So the cops get to know the neighborhoods, you know, the way the old-fashioned New York City cops used to get to know the beat they walked. This one to jump at you. you if, well, let's put it this way. If I was patrolling that area, I'd write the name of that house down and say, what the hell's going on here? There's something going on here. Now, I, I'm gonna tell, I could tell you a funny story of how my former wife and I caught a fairly large uh, car theft guy who was in a car theft ring uh, when we were going to my cousin's party in Smithtown. Uh, well, I'll tell you later that story. You hang on. I'll tell you that story. it's a little unrelated. Uh, but it, 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 there's something similar about it because all you had to do is look in this guy's garage, the guy we tracked down. In the garage were like 2,000 license plates <laughs> in plain view. Who the hell has 2,000 license plates? People who steal cars. <laughs> <laughs> but if you looked at this house, it would have, so for 13 years, they're investigating this. They're going through these neighborhoods. I mean, if maybe at one time you just go through, let me look at, this guy lives here. Let's see if we can, maybe his house is a little different than anybody else's. There's only one house that's different than anybody else's in all of Massapequa Park. I think we covered it all, Ted. And that's that house. Well, the end of that point, but now let's get to the other point, which is I think the discovery we made, I mean, we, the discovery we made, obviously, is we caught up on all the facts and we can go through the timeline with you and listen to some of the documentaries. Uh, I remember this case way back at the time because a friend of mine lived in Gilgo Beach and he was frightened as hell and he moved out. In fact, it was a, it was a summer place. He used to go there like on weekends sometimes during the winter and he just stopped. Yeah, I'm, I'm not going there. And he did confirm that the neighborhood's kind of weird. The people are very, they have a private community and they think they're, I think they think they're in Beverly Hills or something or, you know, and it, it's a nice community, but it's not like a multi-zillion dollar private community. It's, it's a private community on the beach with relatively nice houses and apparently a few stuck up people. <laughs> and um, so the whole case broke this way, right? Th these were, the thing that connects all of these women to Howerman or the guy who did it. And I do think Howerman did almost all of them. I'm not going to say all, but almost all of them. And I'll tell you why. A fact that they haven't given, I think it's there subliminally, but they haven't really pointed it out as a fact that helps to tie this together to one person. You've got about seven or eight bodies that are all found, and they say Gilgo Beach, but that's a bit deceptive. It's not Gilgo Beach. It's, the, it's by the roadway of Gilgo Beach. 
or another way to put it is it's between Ocean Parkway and Gilgo Beach. So Ocean Parkway, if you don't know it, is a four-lane road, two going each way, which runs right along the Atlantic Ocean. It runs from somewhere around where you're t- uh, the beginning of Jones Beach all the way out to uh, all the way out to Robert Moses Beach and really to Fire Island, but you can't get to Fire Island by car. If they built a road, you could drive through and go through to Fire Island. It's not, it's not separated by water from Fire Island. It's separated by water from the uh, Great South Bay Islands and the mainland. So there are five, one, two, three, four, five, six, six that are that are buried, never weren't buried, that were left off the roadway, off the bikeway, and and put in the bushes. Four of them in burlap uh, sacks. And they're close together. Those are the four, three of which he's charged, and one of which he's the chief suspect. The others are within a quarter of a mile and a mile and a half, also buried or also placed in a similar way along the roadway in the bushes or in the undergrowth. Um, Now, when you look at those eight that are there, and we're not talking about the ones that were found off that area, but the ones found there, they, I would say, there's a strong argument, a strong piece of evidence leading to you to it's one person. Because how likely it is that a second person would have found the same burial area and the same method of doing it. Because they're all done the same way, except for the burlap bag. Foreign burlap bags, the others are just wrapped in cellophane and whatever he had. And they were done apparently during two periods. The group of four that makes up the present case were probably uh, done uh, uh, in 20, oh, well, I guess they were, they were caught, they, they, they were done, they, 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 they went missing. They went missing in 2010. They all went missing in 2010. That's Melissa Bartholomew in December of 2010, Amber Lynn Costello, December of 2010, Megan Waterman, December of 2010, and then, and then, let's see, who's the, here's the, Bartholomew Bernard Barnes, Maureen Bernard Barnes, December of 2010. They were all found together. And uh, they had been missing for about, oh my goodness, I guess about a year. The ones found later, that would be Jessica Taylor, a female three to, what is it, three to four, three to six month old baby, is it? A, and then, um, and then an Asian male, 
and then a, a Jane Doe, that is the mother of the female male, were all found in April of 2011. Although not, uh, not really I, completely identified then. And um, so the chances are that it's one person that did that. Not completely, because there are different differences in the method and uh, the way in which they were buried, uh, the way in which they were wrapped. But you've got to start with, he, he's got to be investigated for those. I'm sure he'll be investigated for everything. We'll be right back. Handling legal matters is stressful. So let the law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. provide you with the insightful counsel you deserve. The law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. has successfully handled thousands of cases for 25 plus years. They focus on elder law and estate planning, but are equipped to navigate you through all stages of family law and divorce to real estate law and probate. The law offices of Frank Bruno. Call 718-418-5000 or visit them at frankbrunolaw.com. That's frankbrunolaw.com. Frank Bruno. Bruno. He's your numero uno. Rudy Giuliani. This is Rudy Giuliani, and we're back again with the Rudy Giuliani Show, and we're talking about the the astonishing arrest that was made of Rex Howerman uh, a week ago or so uh, for... Uh, the for now, right now, for three murders uh, that occurred back in 2010, I guess it was right, and um, and then uh, suspected of a fourth murder, and uh, and also suspected of anywhere from eight, I think realistically ten of the murders. Now, uh, Ted, we went out there on Saturday. Had we gone on Sunday, we'd have been flooded, I think. But we went out there on Saturday. And um, what was your, just give me your impressions. You know, your, your impressions could be different than mine. Your impressions, for, first, of where he lived. Now, you want to know where he lived in comparison to Gilgo Beach. Very close. I mean, it really is almost like it could be a mile or a mile and a half as the, as the crow flies. But in order to get there, you've got to go way out of your way. You have to go all the way back toward uh, toward Manhattan to hit the to hit the Meadowbrook or Wantour Parkway to hit the Wantour Parkway, and then you make a left on the Wantour Parkway, and you got to come all the way down to Jones Beach. Now you're well past Gilgo Beach, and now you got to go back uh, 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 east to Gilgo Beach. So the drive, what would you say the drive is about twenty minutes? 30, 20? Yeah, I would say about that, between yeah. that. I guess it would matter if there was traffic, beach traffic too, right? Um, yes. So give me a little impression of the house in which this uh, apparent, alleged monster lived. So uh, we stopped by his house in Massapequa on Long Island, Massapequa Park, Park uh, which is a very tidy, well-kept uh, we could call it a bedroom community, yeah, right? A lot exactly. of nice homes. 100%, I bet, uh, you know, 90, 80% work in the city. Almost to a house, right? Uh, immaculate lawns, well-kept lawns, a lot of people out and about. And his house definitely sticks out. It It's uh, lower to the ground than the houses around it. Yeah, it's a it's wacko's not house. As well, it's not as well-kept. No, you could put a sign on it, wacko's house, uh, haunted house. I bet at Halloween the kids don't stop there. And, and we did talk to people who live in the community who uh, were citing other folks themselves 
uh, in numerous cases, people who, yes, you know, I tell my kids, don't go near there, <laughs> even on Halloween, right? We had, we've heard from folks who said that they stayed away from that house on Halloween. It's that classic house in the neighborhood, right? That yeah, you yeah, tell yeah, the kids uh, to yeah, right. stay it away from. It could be in a novel, like, you know. Don't yeah. eat the candy. Yeah. So it definitely, it definitely fit that profile. And we, we visited Ocean Parkway where these uh, bodies were unearthed uh, nearly 13 years ago. At least eight bodies along Ocean Parkway. And I would, first thing I noticed when we got out of the car was how many bugs. And you made the point that we are not sure. It was, I have to tell you, it was, an, <laughs> it was like an attack out of the plagues that God visited on the Egyptians to let, the, uh, let Moses go. That's right. That's right. And we so were, I mean, the bugs were, uh, Ted had uh, shorts on and I had pants on. So he said, well, you'll be better protected than I would be. So I went a little further ahead and I got to tell you, these damn things came up my legs. <laughs> yeah. So, so we didn't, we didn't last long outside, but that's another point, right? That's, <laughs> we were that, beaten by the bugs. That's the point, And you've, you've brought this up, Mayor, right? Any case you're a part of a, as an investigator, uh, as a lawyer, yeah, and you want to visit. You got to visit the scene of the crime. As a detective, of course you have to. But a lot of prosecutors, believe it or not, they just take the case up and they read it and they prosecute. I used to get my prosecutors. You got to go to the bank. You got to go to the store. You got to go to the back place where they bury the body. You got to go look where the mafia guys put the body, trace the little uh, thing there, make sure your witness has got it right, make sure there isn't an obstruction he doesn't know about. Well, here's what we found out by going there. If you go there and if you view the eight designated spots, now this is not all the murders. We're going to take a short break and we'll be right back and we'll get to your questions. I think you guys have some observations about this too. This has been going on for quite some time here in New York, so I hope the rest of you around the country appreciate this. God bless. Giuliani show. This is Rudy Giuliani back with the Rudy Giuliani show. And let's get, get you just a little more information on this and we'll go to the calls. Uh, the fir first thing to point out is uh, with one exception, Megan Waterman, uh, all, uh, all of these, uh, uh, certainly the four uh, of immediate concern were four foot 11. That was Amber Costello. Mar Melissa Bartholomew was four feet, 10 inches, both a hundred pounds. Um, Maureen Bernard Barnes was four eleven and a hundred and five pounds. And, uh, they were all, um, they were all strangled. Now they just took on Saturday or Sunday, sorry. They took out of his house, like 90 guns. And you'll find as we as we move on, uh, as as the police move on to the other cases to see which ones are connected. Some of these people were shot, but these four girls all were strangled, and except for Megan Waterman, they were five feet. Well, she was five feet five inches tall. All the rest of them were five feet or less. So apparently there was a thing here going for, and they were escorts. They were. Uh, on Craigslist, and you could call them as prostitutes, I guess. Of course, one of the issues here has been, were the police less uh, enthusiastic or less dedicated to solving this because it was prostitutes? And I can't say that. I mean, I can't say that. I mean, I, that, that certainly was never an attitude I ever saw in law enforcement. Uh, I don't ever remember 
thinking very hard about what the victim did. I mean, you get even worked up about about organized crime victims when they're killed and you want to catch their killers. So I I think that might be, you know, it might be a feeling because it was a complicated investigation. There may be incompetence involved. There may even be corruption involved of some kind. Uh, I wouldn't give that up. Mayor, do big counties like Suffolk County, do they have dedicated units to, for example, missing persons? Sure. They have missing persons and they have a homicide division. But the, the county police has a homicide division, Suffolk County Police Homicide Division. Um, the Massapequa police uh, would ha- or the Gilgo Beach, whoever covers that area, would have to bring them in. If it's a homicide, it would have to be investigated, I'm pretty sure, by the county. And will they now be traced, now that they've identified the individual who they believe is responsible for these killings, will they now look back at this man's Every move, every oh, day for the past twenty years, absolutely, and maybe cross. I think. I mean, I think they would like to have gone further with the investigation, and they probably would have picked up because a lot of the stuff became wasn't lucky. It was good, good work, but it was good work because they kept the investigation going. So let's before we get to the cause, let's focus on the two really great sets of facts here, and the two great pieces of police work which are so sorely missing in Washington. I mean, I'm really tempted to compare this case as Michael Goodwin did so brilliantly yesterday uh, from uh, this to the White House cocaine case where in 11 days they give up. This is 13 years, guys. And I'm not going to say that the cocaine in the White House is as important. It isn't in some ways. In some ways it may be more important because if you can put cocaine right next to the situation room of the White House where we decide on nuclear war, you've got a problem. You got a problem in the White House. And if you got a White House that doesn't seem to give a damn, you got a real problem. And if you got a Secret Service that covers it up, you got an even bigger problem. But in any event, no problem here. No problem here when, when the new police commissioner, uh, Rodney Harrison, came in from the NYPD. Uh, he, uh, the, the world changed. Uh, he, they had already brought the FBI in after some delay. The first, the first police commissioner, what was his name, Barnes? It was Let's get his name right because he went to prison. <laughs> we don't want a guy going to prison that we have his name wrong. But he, he, he had real problems with the investigation, apparently, and got blamed for not investigating it properly, doing a lot of things, losing evidence, blah, 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 blah. Didn't bring the FBI in, and people feel that he didn't bring the FBI in because, because he was afraid they were going to figure out his corruption that he eventually went to prison for. Uh, but then the new police commissioner, the one before this, brought the FBI in. And with the FBI, with the state police, with the ca- county police, and under the uh, supervision of the new district attorney, Raymond Tierney, and the new police commissioner, Rodney Harrison, the world changed. And, and this organization turned into a kind of organization we like to have in Washington right now. And here's the two, uh, break, two breakthroughs, maybe three. Uh, w- one of them is... They put, they, they, uh, they got uh, information about Howerman's, uh, his name is James Burke, I'm sorry. The police commissioner's name was James Burke, and he's been sentenced to 46 months in federal prisons, uh, and it was uh, all kinds of things like uh, assault, uh, things found in his car. And so the question, Mayor, is did he 
prevent the FBI's involvement in this case nope. in order to keep them from finding out other things he was doing wrong within That's the department. Theory. Yes. I don't know it's if a it's proven. It's a theory. Not. It's not and, it's a good, and it's a good question. It's one that's going to have to be run down. Uh, but it's when Harrison comes in and they put together a task force, as they should have done from the very beginning, with the FBI deeply involved now and with the state police deeply involved and with, uh, and with um, the county police deeply involved, asking the community for help. And they get help. They locate a car of... Um, they locate a car that belongs to the defendant, and the car was seen with one of the girls. So now they focus in on Howerman. When they focus in on Howerman, they must get warrants and, and other things, but they begin surveilling him. In surveilling him, they, they, uh, they're following him on a New York street, probably very close to where we were yesterday. We were trying to find that garbage can. We did find, we, we think maybe it was, was the pizza place he went to, and... Um, he was having pizza and he threw away the crust. They watched that. They waited for him to clear the area. As soon as they did, they picked up the crust. Why? DNA. They did the same thing with the house where they picked up strands of his hair from their garbage or things that were disposed of. They picked up strands of his hair and his wife's hair. And they found strands of hair on the burlap of some of these original girls who were buried. And it was his DNA that was picked up on that burlap, which they never would have gotten to because they didn't have a sample of his DNA except for the pizza crust. There you go. Unbelievable police work. So let's go to Will in Fairfield. Hi, Your Honor. My theory is um, I'm fascinated by organized crime, and you were your history with the organized crime is interesting for sure. But I think, what if this guy was a hitman for the mafia and there was a bunch of high-level um, guys having these crazy parties and were abusing these women? And when they in were Gilgo, on Gilgo them, Beach, they, this guy. I mean, there's a lot of, the, the, of look. I wouldn't count anything out. The guy doesn't look to me like a mafia-sanctioned killer. The disposal of the remains was stupid, dummy, stupid. A mafia guy would not be taken into a hit squad if he ever disposed of a body this way. You chop it up, you 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 put uh, you put uh, cement in a casket and you bury it in the ocean. You uh, put it. Uh, you, you burn, you, you burn it, you burn it, you do anything. I mean, you, you make it hard to discover the body. The guy left the bodies intact pretty much. Although, well, no, wait, no, we got to be careful because some of the bodies, in the, as we get later, as we go to the later cases that haven't been attributed to him yet, but they're, Ill, they're actually chronologically earlier. They happened earlier. As early as 96. Right. These people are, their body parts are in all different places. Now, that's a little shrewder. That's a little shrewder. So you, I, I, I'm also thinking. Is that, it? That may be too. Well, yeah, spreading them around is much better. And you have five different body parts, five, five potential crime scenes? But harder to find. And remember, some of this, a lot of these people, when they were doing this back then, DNA was just starting. They weren't thinking DNA the way we do now. Particularly back before the early, earliest ones. But... Uh, I mean, the best thing is to get it into water and get it below ground or 
But the point, I mean, I, I was actually surprised when we got there that they weren't buried. They were just sort of covered over in a burlap bag. I mean, I'm and also surprised they weren't found earlier, just by accident. M- Mayor, did he, is it, is it true that in a lot of cases, serial killers or murderers dump bodies right off the road? Is that, is that kind yeah, of common? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, there's this whole theory about serial killers that have to be distinguished from, let's say, mass murderers. So if you kill 10 people all at once, you're not a serial killer, you're a mass murderer. If you kill 10 people over six years, you're, you're a serial killer. Uh, that they want to get caught. That they always leave, read novels. I've told you I got you a copy of First Deadly Sin by Lawrence Sanders, which I would now recommend to you if you want to get into the serial killing uh, thing, but you don't want to get, I can recommend to you some really good scientific textbooks. But they can get a little boring if you're not really into it. And we will if you want. I'll do that tomorrow. But uh, if you want to just have sort of a pretty scientific approach, but in a fictionalized, entertaining way, get First Deadly Sin by Lawrence Sanders. It's a 1970s or 80s book, but it covers a guy committing serial murders in New York City. And of course, this is before I was mayor. I read it again when I became the mayor because some of them take place in front of Gracie Mansion. And they involve interesting internal politics of the NYPD and New York City. So, you know, very interesting. Let's go to Bernie in Staten Island. Uh, Mr. Mayor, uh, this is a long, a long story. But on the Friday, Rita Cosby and uh, Kat interviewed I think he was the town supervisor of uh, Suffolk County. It begins with an M. I forget his full name. And he said for 11 years, every day, he thinks about these girls who were killed. And Curtis Lewa, your co-host, says, he said yesterday, he's an absolute liar. Curtis has the whole story on the people who were killed. The, the, uh, the politicos who killed them, the uh, doctor who gave the drugs to the girls to knock them out, that they would be killed. The, uh, um, the uh, tapes from the police. I don't know how. Sir, how yeah, yeah. There was a lot of there was. Now, uh, let's 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 see if we can put this in. There was a lot of uh, evidence of things that went missing including tape recordings and uh, 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 other physical evidence that went missing in this case by the police uh, that would normally not go missing. And also by uh, the doctor who was a suspect for a while. That is absolutely uh, true. And I don't think that this means that there aren't alternative theories for some of the others who were killed. Uh, uh, the Shannon Gilbert case, for example, which is interestingly the one that opened this all up because it was her being missing and her calling in to 911 claiming she was being killed. And then she went missing for a year and a half, actually. But in the course of that period of time, they went out there to dig up for her body and they didn't find her. Instead, they found uh, Melissa Bartholomew first, and then Maureen Brannett Barnes and Megan Waterman and Amber Lynn Costello. They were the first four. And then they found the rest of them there. 
the other, the Jessica Taylor and uh, an Asian male, unidentified, who actually is buried almost right next to them. And then they found a, a, a Jane Doe, uh, Asian, uh, um, described as an Asian woman. And then they found a female toddler in the second round. But, and then after that, only after that did they find Shannon. And they found her. She is not, I wouldn't say she's, the mother got very upset when the police commissioner did this. He didn't consider her one of the Gilgo five, Gilgo eight, whatever, because she was actually, she died in the swamp leading to the beach. And she was last heard from running away. So this gets extraordinarily complicated. And what can't be done is uh, theories based on speculation. (laughs) Uh, You can do it because nobody gets hurt by it. This isn't like a political thing, Uh, except the families do when all these theories are run around. And and you got to be careful here. I think right now they've got what I would call classical, powerful evidence on three women against Howerman. Dynamite evidence. You want a comparison, though? The evidence, against, the evidence against Joe Biden is three times more powerful and three times more direct that he took massive bribes. It really is. <laughs> I, I knew, you, you knew I was going to get that in there. But this case is, uh, this case is a circumstantial evidence case. Uh, the the um, Joe Biden case is a direct evidence case with him on tape, him making admissions. And there being direct documents and texts linking him to the 30 to $40 million in bribes. It's a stronger case than the, the one against Mr. Howerman. We'll be back with the mayor's final thoughts. And now it's time for the Tunnel to Towers Foundation Mayor's Final Thoughts. mayor's final thoughts and uh the reality is get your donation in or i'm not going to say anything get your donation in to t2t.org 11 dollars a month to take care of those uniform members who whose families need help because they've lost their lives in the line of duty or who have been catastrophically injured and therefore need special accommodations in their homes and no one does it better than T2T.org, Tunnel to Towers Foundation. So the final thoughts today are we got a long way to go on this investigation. And um, we have a lot of people that want to talk about it. And we will get to all of you tomorrow. Or you can call me tonight at 8. You can get me on any of the social platforms, on Twitter, on uh, uh uh, let's see, Twitter, Getter, Facebook, YouTube, Twitch. You can get me on any of those, 8 o'clock tonight. And you, we have a call-in number. You can call in, and we'll go into this in more detail. And there's some of it we can show you that I can't. I mean, I'd, I'd really want to show you the map I have, because by looking at it and by going there, it helps really to start uh, seeing who, was it one person or two people? Here's another possibility. 
So it, it, uh, when you look at this map, it argues that the people on the map, the people whose bodies were disposed of next to the Ocean Parkway, remember that they were not buried on the beach. Some were, but they're not in this group now that we're talking about of eight. He's responsible for 10. There are another two that they said he wasn't responsible. There are another four possibilities, but there are 10 that we'll be dealing with. I'm dealing with just eight right now. And these are the eight that were all disposed of on the side of the road within a mile and a half of each other, some of them next to each other, on Ocean Parkway. And they were 50 to 200 feet inside the, uh, uh, inside what you would call the brush. Because, well, at least at this time of year, you would, because it's very, very lush. And at that time of the year, or when they were searching, being that it was uh, winter, and I see the pictures, it was a little different, a little bit easier to find, find the burlap sacks. Now, um, it is true that this side of the road thing is, is not, I wouldn't say it's every serial killer does it. It's done more often by serial killers than by professional killers. I mean, this is not, uh, this is a way to do it where pretty much you're going to guarantee that somebody's going to discover it. And nowadays with DNA, they're going to link it up to somebody and they're going to start an investigation. And an organized criminal is going to want to dispose of a body and make it impossible for you to find the body. Impossible for you to do anything with the body scientifically or forensically. Uh, uh, now, when we start talking about body parts, organized crime did that for a while. I thought we stopped that with the Castellano case because we uh, convicted them based on bodies that they chopped up, killed, and then they had a butcher, Vito Arena, who chopped up the bodies, and then we went and got the body parts. If you investigate for more than 11 days, like the Secret Service can't do, for cocaine in the White House. This is Rudy Giuliani. We'll be back tomorrow. God bless America.